Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Gina Ortiz-Jones of San Antonio, Texas, who's running for Congress to represent one of the largest districts in the United States, located on the Texas-Mexico border. We'll talk about our background, the issues she wants to tackle on day one, and that very important question, who has the best tacos in San Antonio? I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention DC Latinos. Want to help out your community? The Mayor's Office of Latino Affairs invites you to its Latino Community Development Monthly Meeting held every third Thursday of the month at 6.30 p.m. Meetings are held inside the Frank D. Reeves Building on the second floor in room 206. The building's located at 2014th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. For more information, call 202-671-2825. That's 202-671-2825. And here's your weekly news update. Congratulations. If you're hearing this podcast, it means you're one of 130 million people who successfully filed income taxes this year and are not scrambling at the last minute to file. For those of you who dread tax season, just remember, your hard-earned dollars are going to pay for programs that will take care of you in your old age or if you get disabled. Sadly, one group won't be able to reap those rewards. In a Vox article published last week by Alexia Fernandez-Campbell, the reporter shares how the IRS has documented that 4.4 million income tax returns submitted in 2015 came from workers who don't have social security numbers, which includes a large number of undocumented immigrants. That year, they paid $23 billion in income taxes. That filing number is projected to grow. These undocumented filers paid taxes for benefits they can't even use, like Social Security and Medicare. These moms and dads are also not eligible for benefits like the Earned Income Tax Credit. But the IRS still expects unauthorized immigrants to file their taxes, and many of them do so. Why? The Vox article says that filing taxes helps immigrants create a paper trail to show when immigrants entered the country and how long they have been contributing with tax dollars. That was the case for the undocumented youth granted temporary work permits under President Obama's deportation relief program known as DACA. Immigrants are able to file taxes using an individual taxpayer identification number, also known as ITIN, created by the IRS in 1996 so people who aren't allowed to work in the United States could still file taxes on any income they earned. The IRS does not share this information with immigration authorities. Social Security is reaping from benefits that will never have to pay out. Vox reported that in 2013 alone, the agency collected $13 billion from 1.8 million immigrants, and it doesn't stop at the federal level. Undocumented workers also fund public schools and local government services by paying sales and property taxes, just like everyone else.
In 2018, a record number of women, 575, have declared their intention to run for the House, the Senate, or Governor, surprising political pundits and threatening to upend the status quo in a male-dominated field of elective office. Although women make up 50% of the population, they hold only 23 seats in the U.S. Senate, less than 20% of the seats in the House of Representatives, and only six women serve as governors, plus our very own Muriel Bowser, who runs the District of Columbia. One woman hoping to make it to the House is Gina Ortiz-Jones of San Antonio, Texas. She is no stranger to Washington, D.C., where she worked many years in national security after 12 years as an intelligence officer in the Air Force. She was appointed by President Obama to serve as a senior advisor for trade enforcement and later took on a role as director for investment at the office of the U.S. Trade Representative, where she led the portfolio that reviewed foreign investments to ensure they did not pose national security risks. Gina's resume is impressive, but so is her personal journey. She is a daughter of an immigrant whose mother came to the United States to start a new beginning. Gina had to navigate so many identities, being a person of color, first-generation American, living in subsidized housing, growing up with a single parent, and also being gay. Those challenges just made her a stronger individual, who's ready for her biggest obstacle yet, getting into the U.S. House of Representatives this November. I want to welcome to the show Gina Ortiz-Jones, who's running for Congress in November, but first she's got to get through the runoff in on May 22nd. And she has a great resume prior to seeking office. She was actually in the military as an Air Force intelligence officer during the Iraq War and also served under President Obama as a U.S. trade representative. How have these roles prepared you for Congress? Yeah, I think, um, you know, having worked in national security for 14 years, um, uh, you know, you very much understand, obviously, you know, the, the importance and uniqueness of opportunities that are afforded to people in this country, right? And so um, having served in countries in and out of uniform where women and minorities are targeted, um, having served in countries where governments disregard for conflict of interest has hollowed out those countries. So yes, my, my professional experiences have, have you know, really, um, you know, highlighted the importance of the times that we're in. I look forward to bringing that experience um, immediately to, to Congress. I mean, we have one of the lowest numbers uh, of veterans currently serving. Um, and with everything that's going on right now, I think that's a perspective that's that's very much needed. Uh, but, you know, I am also, you know, I went to John Jay High School in San Antonio. Uh, you know, John Jay High School, you start with 900 kids, only 500 graduate. So when I was making my decision, uh, you know, about how to best serve my community, my country again, I had to think about the community that I grew up in and, and frankly, how my community would fare under this administration. And so, you know, as a first-generation American, as a woman, yes, I served in the military. I also served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, right? So all of these things have shaped my thoughts on, yes, public service, but also the pipeline of talent into public service, right? And I think that very much starts uh, with ensuring that we have representation, um, and I look forward to representing this district. Now, this, let's talk about your district. It is larger than some states yeah. it is a lot of land <laughs> when i was living in san antonio and i had friends that had to go home to el paso back in the 90s and there were broke college students they would have to take like a nine hour trip to get there uh, it's literally your district covers west of san antonio east of el paso and what are the immediate needs of this district that's so rural 
And what do you plan to address yeah. as soon as you get into office? Yes, this is one of the largest districts. We spend a lot of time on the road, um, and rightfully so, right? Uh, just because you cannot forget a part about, you know, you know, other communities that, you know, even if they're not five miles from you, obviously you're in, in the district and, and are worthy uh, and deserve good representation. Um, so some of the immediate needs, I think, you know, healthcare is an issue that comes up repeatedly, right? So it might sound a little bit different in San Antonio than if you're in Presidio. Presidio is right on the border. Um, it's only served by two EMS. Uh, the nearest hospital is about 80 miles away. Uh, so there are some very, you know, unique challenges just to, to being in, in, in that kind of environment, but also, you know, healthcare is, is an issue um, that really Really needs to be addressed and so what I think about the needs of the district it's 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 certainly healthcare but I also think we have to be looking at the infrastructure that allows people to to also access these needs needed services um, and that's why investing in broadband is so important in this district you know the digital uh, divide is is very real I mean to your point a large percent of this district is rural um, and when you look at the digital divide right now it's about you know six to nine point difference between your internet usage if you're in an urban area versus a rural area but you and I know that difference starts to grow if you are, you know, if you have a certain, if you have a certain, uh, uh, if you're below a certain level, education level, if you're below a certain income level, and then if you're, you know, a minority, and then think about all three of those things, right? So when I think about um, access to opportunity, uh, some of that is can be addressed with ensuring we invest in real infrastructure to make sure that, um, for example, telemedicine is something that is also realized. But also, you know, that kid uh, that is trying to do their homework in Eagle Pass or in Alpine or in Marfa or in Socorro, right? I mean, the having access, consistent access to internet is going to help realize help them realize their full potential. So we need to invest in that, and we need people that understand that. One spotlight that's coming to your district is the current um, political climate talk out of this administration about the immigration issue, mm -hmm. um, the proposed border wall, the National Guard troops that are going to start being sent to the border and to parts of your future district if you get elected. How are you, what's your opinion about dealing with all this? attention that's going to be coming to your area. Yeah, I mean, I'm a first generation American myself, right? And so I I have been, um, you know, uh, my country, my community has invested in me. And so I very much am looking at this as an opportunity to make sure that my story is possible for somebody else. Um, so on the dreamers, right, I think, you know, I've been very clear that I think we need to keep the promise that we made to 800,000 people, 124,000 dreamers in Texas alone, 4,000 dreamers in this district. I think you and I know in our personal lives, when you start breaking promises, it's going to be very hard for people to trust you in the future, right? And so that is not, I mean, we're better than that as a country. So I think first and foremost, we need to honor the promise that we've made uh, to these young people that are doing everything that they, you know, have been asked to do and are exactly the kind of people that we want contributing to this country, right? Um, I think, you know, as I've traveled the district, 40% of the U.S. border is in this district. So when I talk to, you know, when I talk to the mayor in Eagle Pass, when I talk to the mayor in Presidio, when I talk to the mayor in Del Rio, uh, or leadership in Del Rio, rather, um, you know, everyone sees their current and their future, you know, tied to the city on the other side. You can't talk about Eagle Pass without talking about Piedras Negras. You can't talk about Presidio without talking about Ojinaga. You can't. Exactly. I lived, I grew up in a border town. I was born in a border yeah. town, Brownsville, Texas, yeah. with my, that shares, um, sister city relations with Matamoros. And whenever there's a health crisis over there, it's the same thing in Brownsville because, mm. you know, yeah. disease doesn't stop 
doesn't recognize borders. That's right. That's right. And so when I talk to, for example, the mayor in Eagle Pass, he, there are two bridges there that connect um, um, Eagle Pass and Piedras Negras. And he's like, 40% of the bo- of the city's revenue comes from those two bridges. He's like, so I don't need a wall. I need a third bridge. <laughs> right? Like, the, yes. these are the economic realities on the ground. I mean, talk about, when talking to the mayor in, in Presidio, he's like, well, what would actually really strengthen our community is if we invested in and improved our rail system. Right. These. So, I mean, again, these mayors are talking about how do we increase the connections to really because they know that if we really want to strengthen these communities, we have to invest in smart, healthy kids, not a smart wall. Now, you, like you said, are headed into runoff Mm -hmm. on the 22nd of May. It was a very competitive. A lot of people jumped into the race. Mm -hmm. You weren't predicted to be one of the top candidates, but you managed to pull it out Mm -hmm. impressively. What separates you from your Democratic opponent? Yeah, I mean, I think, yes, there were five folks that were running. We took 41% of the vote. Very excited about that. And, uh, yes, we are headed to this runoff of 17% was, uh, is what the next vote getter, vote getter got. Um, I think, you know, we've just had very different um, personal and professional lives. Um, you know, I, have, uh, I started off as an intelligence officer in the Air Force, deployed to Iraq, you know, served in the intelligence community for over a decade, and then wrapped up my career in the executive office of the president. So I've seen public service. Um, in a number of ways. Um, but then I think, you know, my, my personal experiences, again, really have highlighted for me the importance of protecting the opportunities that allowed me to grow up healthy, get an education, and serve my country. And really how I frame this, right, how I frame this is I think a member of Congress does three things at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. They create opportunities, they protect opportunities, or they erase opportunities. They do that with their voting record, and they do that, or they can do that with their record of silence. And as we're finding out in these times, that record of silence can be just as damaging as that vote. So I I think we really need somebody that has prepared right on these issues. Uh, I think, frankly, you know, national security is at the forefront. I mean, look, every single day we're hearing about something that's coming up. But I think my, you know, my personal experiences have also shown me that if we don't ad- if we don't address some of these domestic issues, in rising income inequality, or, you know, uh, reform our immigration system. Um, frankly, you know, looking at at health these healthcare challenges that we face as a country, if we don't address those, those will become national security challenges uh, that we face as a country. So we need somebody that is one ready to fight for those things. Um, and, and it really has the moral courage to represent this district in a way which deserves. Now, one important question. <laughs> there are, uh, where are the best tacos in San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I get my breakfast tacos, right, from uh, Taqueria El Rodeo. On, uh, it's on Dugas and Petranco, and it's, oh, you know, okay. that's like... Right, up, right in the hood. Um, and I'm a breakfast taco person, right? So that's I can eat them any time of the day. So what do you put on your taco? Well, I mean, so I will probably have, depending on the day, I mean, I like, uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, potato and egg, bacon yes, and egg. those are my favorite. But to me, the spicier, the better, yeah. right? So that that's also better be on point. Um, and that's why I like them. But for a good margarita. So the other the other important question, right, yes. is where do I like a good margarita? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So so there is, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but she's a wonderful bartender at Chisme. And she makes, a, which is on, on the strip, St. Mary's Strip. And she makes a wonderful uh, spicy mezcal margarita. Mm, All right, I'll have to go. Yes, next time I go visit San Antonio. Now, y- you're going to be making history if you get this position. You'll be the first gay woman of color out, gay woman of color, mm-hmm. to be elected to Congress. Yeah. Are you ready for that? To break that ceiling? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was quick. Yes. You know what ceiling I'm also ready to break? I will be the first Iraq War veteran to serve in Congress from Texas. So I'm ready to break that ceiling as well. 
what do you say to the person, the LGBT youth that's listening out there, who may be picked on, bullied? What advice do you have to that young individual to yeah. to keep at it, to hold on? Yeah, um, you've got to be proud of who you are, right? I mean, four things I think have been critical to my success, which is work hard, study hard, uh, be confident. No one, no one cares about you like you and find some find a way to help somebody right so those four things i think uh is is going to be key to success and for you know for uh i will share this you know i was just speaking to a group of of high school kids at southside high school the other day Mm -hmm. and uh, i was talking about you know some of my experiences that have shaped my thoughts on on running and obviously you know the way in which i care about so many of these issues um and they didn't know what don't ask don't tell was wow and so it was amazing for me because that's a sign of the times it's a wonderful mm-hmm. sign of the times but i think it's also um you know for me a little bit concerning in light of what this administration and frankly these republican uh the silence of these republicans um could mean is because they have not lived through this time right yeah. where you know you 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 can't be who you are you're willing to die for your country and you cannot be who you are and so um i think you know it's not incumbent on on anybody that is ready and willing to serve their country to be able to do so and proudly and so uh you know i I look forward to that to doing that um you know in this race and and for the district for the state and and for the country so be proud of who you are and frankly be so good they can't ignore you amazing thank you so much gina for being on the show thank you my pleasure